0: Connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. I've told you guys I'm all about this season. I love it. I think uh, it is just uh, one of the greatest seasons of all time. You just get to enjoy uh, each other's company and celebrating the birth of our Savior, our Lord and Savior. And, and today, we're going to dive into that story a little bit uh, because it, it is, it's what the season is all about, and yet so often we lose track. We've been in this Advent message series called Home for Christmas, and and the reason we started this a few weeks ago was to really kind of spell out what the Christmas season was all about and to understand that it's bigger than I think sometimes we, we think it is. What we found out a few weeks ago, if you were with us, is that this is not our home. Uh, we're looking at this idea that that we have a home, but this is not it. And also, God has set this home in eternity in our hearts, like, like there's a draw for all of us in this direction. And many times, we don't know what that's all about. And so, we've been trying to set that straight in this series. And so, today, uh, where we're going to go, our first stop is actually in the Christmas story. You knew that, right? You knew we were going to go there. So, would you grab your Bibles, head over to Luke chapter 2 with us this morning. Uh, we're going to dive into that story a little bit this morning, but if you haven't been here, I just want to catch you up real quick. As I said, this series is called Home for Christmas, and what we've been learning is that this earth is not our home, that Jesus went on ahead of us. He's preparing heaven. Heaven is actually our home, and what that reality does for us is it changes the way we live our lives, or at least it should, and what we challenged you with in that first week was to live with eternity in mind. Which means the way you approach life, the way you approach everything, uh, your interactions with other people should change because you know that you weren't created for this world, you were created for another. And not only that, but the people around you, God is calling them to this as well. And we found out that we have a heart's longing to be home. There's a desire to be there. That's why the brokenness of this world is so hard. It doesn't set right with us. We wrestle with it and we struggle with it. Broken bodies, broken minds, broken you know, finances, whatever it is. It's like there's just something wrong with this life. And we instinctively know that we were created for something more than this. Last week, we talked about the idea of if, if we're going to go home for Christmas, we need to know how to get in the house. And uh, it would stink just to get home and then realize you couldn't even get in the house. And so what we discovered through Scripture last week is that the keys to the house are actually repent and believe. When we repent and believe in that moment... We are made part of God's family. We are forgiven of our sins, and we are uh, we're grafted into God's family. And not only does that change everything for us here and now, but it changes our eternal destination as well. And so today, I want to talk to you about another topic. Uh, this, this message today is so important. And uh, I think by the time we get to the end of it, I hope that you'll realize that this this whole thing is bigger than what you thought it was. And so let's jump into this today. Luke chapter two, starting in verse eight. Some of you, as I read this, might hear Linus's voice, right? Because this is the Charlie Brown Christmas when Linus gets up on the stage and he says, This is the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, He's right, because this is what it's all about. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, Praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I absolutely love this story. Uh, The the whole Christmas story in Matthew and Luke is just fascinating when you read them all through. And uh, there was a survey done years ago to identify, you know, what characters of the Christmas story that most people identify with. And you might be thinking, well, maybe it's Joseph or Mary, Uh, hopefully it wouldn't be Herod, right? You wouldn't want to relate to him. But uh, which character do you relate most to? And can you guess what most people said? By a vast majority, people said they related to the shepherds more than anybody else in the Christmas story. Uh, And I don't think that's surprising that shepherds came out on top. Uh, I remember when I was young, uh, growing up, uh, we would go to church and every year they would have a, a Christmas play for the kids. We would have to get up in front of the church and do our Christmas play. And for some reason, I never got picked to be the angel. I don't know what the deal was. The teachers probably knew me better. Um, But you know what I played every year? I played a shepherd. Yeah. And it was awesome because mom would break out my my, uh, bathrobe And she would break out a towel, you know, and she'd put a towel on my head. And there was a piece of cloth that she would tie around my head to hold the towel in place. And they'd give you some stick and you'd go up and you'd say your one or two lines. And that was the whole play for me as a shepherd. And somehow I ended up playing the shepherd every time. But honestly, even as an older person today reading this story, um, the shepherds fascinate me, they really do and, and let me just caution us today Because I think for many of us in the room If you were raised in the church If you've heard this story every year since the day you were born um, I think sometimes we become too familiar with this story like, like we run the risk of it losing its awe and wonder Like we, we don't, we're not even mesmerized by the story anymore And today I want us to regain some of that Can we do that? Because this story is absolutely incredible. It changes all of humanity for all time. Like this is what they've been waiting on. They've been waiting on it for over a thousand years. It's been prophesied for over 700 years. They've been waiting on this event to happen. And and we know, because we have hindsight, it's 2020, we know, we have the scriptures, we know how this goes, we know what the story's like, we we have better perspective, and yet so often we hear it read and we're just like, oh yeah. I know that, I've heard that before, instead of really taking it in for what it is. And so I want us to regain some of that today. Uh, I want us to dive back into the story a little bit, take a look at what the text says, and really think about, um, you know, what does it mean? What is it saying? And what applications does it have for us here and now? Because I promise you this, um, as relevant as it was 2,000 years ago, it's just as relevant for us Here and now, Uh, it starts in verse eight. It says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, I, I, I told you when I was a kid, I loved this story. I'd read that and just loved the story of the shepherds. But as I got older, I started noticing something that we're not given any names. Do you realize that? Like we're not even told how many. We're just told these shepherds are just out in the field. And when I was a kid, I'm like, yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, as a little boy, you're like living under the stars, nobody to tell you what to do. You're just moving around. That's awesome, man. I want to, you know, and, and that's the picture that you had when you were a kid, but as I'm getting older, I'm realizing um, the shepherds weren't all that I thought they were. And, and here we have this this group of shepherds, not told how many, not told any names, and, and they're given a message that I think is Absolutely incredible. It's the greatest message ever delivered and was given to this group of people. Uh, It's ironic. The shepherds with no name were to hear the announcement of the birth of the good shepherd whose name would eventually be the name above all names. Um, It's just fascinating to me. Now, normally the birth of a a prince would be announced to a king or other dignitaries. It definitely wouldn't be given to shepherds. This, This princely announcement was given to these lowly shepherds. It wasn't given to the king. It wasn't given to the priests. It wasn't given to the rulers. It wasn't given even to the Sadducees or the Pharisees who were the religious leaders of the time. They were right there in Jerusalem. Why wouldn't they go there and give it to them? Why would they go out in a field and find these outcasts in the Jewish culture? Why would they do that? I think there's a reason for it. When you dive into who the shepherds were, I think it, it becomes more evident as to why God chose to do it this way. Uh, See, throughout the history of Israel, shepherding actually was a noble profession. You go clear back to Genesis, you find out Abel was a a shepherd. You have uh, Abraham, you have Isaac, and Jacob were all shepherds. Uh, Moses was even a shepherd for a portion of his life. And then even King David, like the greatest figure in the Old Testament, he was a shepherd. And God calls himself a shepherd. And he likens us to sheep. And by the way, that's not a compliment, okay? Just so you know. But God calls himself a shepherd. And by the time we get to the first century, shepherding has lost all of its luster. Uh, Shepherds were made of the lowest class of people. Um, they, They came in just a little bit higher than lepers, if that gives you any kind of indication where they stood in society. And actually, the mode, which is a, it's just a collection of interpretations and insights by rabbis. They would read the scriptures, and then they would try to interpret. And they, would, they would write these things down. They even wrote, they said, no help is to be given to heathen or shepherds. That's how bad they were. That's how lowly they were thought of within this culture. Now, why? Well, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, they were considered ceremonially unclean. Because of their work, because they were working with the sheep all the time, they couldn't leave them, they had to be out there with them all the time, they were unable to come into the synagogue or the temple, they, they, they were left out of all religious services. They were also isolated and forgotten. Because of their sheep, they had to migrate around. They had to look for, you know, food and, and water for their flocks. And so they didn't stay in any one place very long. And so therefore, not a whole lot of roots were set down. Not a whole lot of relationships were formed. And, and people were very distrusting of them because they were uh, moving around so much. That they were treated with contempt and mistrust. Um, they, they were suspected of stealing from others. If they were around and something came up missing, guess who got blamed first? Their testimony was never allowed in court because they were so unreliable. They, they were this low in culture. They were known for being brash and bold. And I think some of that probably just came from the way that they lived. They were just self-supportive, lived on their own, out in the fields, away from society. That's why, for most people, they, they, they were appalling. They didn't want to be with them. Now, in a sense, I think these anonymous shepherds actually represent all mankind. I think it's one of the reasons why we see them here in this story, because they're a reflection of who we are. We're all undeserving. We're in desperate need of God's grace. We, we need a Savior. And we, like these shepherds, I, I think, find ourselves so often ceremonially unclean. Our hearts are unclean because of the sin that we have in our lives. And, and we find ourselves so often coming in, even in services like this, and finding ourselves in worship and in prayer and in the word and just crying out to God and going, God, I, I blew it again. I just need your grace. I need you. And, and I think that's, that's a good thing. That's what we should be doing. That's when worship gets real. When we're meeting with God and, and exposing ourselves to him and going, God, search my heart, search my mind. God, I've wronged you again this week. Would you please just forgive me? And we're seeking that. We're fostering that that up relationship. We're seeking an intimacy with God. Now, as fascinating as the shepherds are, I think they're a great part of the story, but I think the greatest part of this entire Christmas story is actually the message that they received. What was the message that they received? Uh, Again, after a thousand years... Over 700 years of prophecy. They've been waiting on this, and this is the message they get in verse 10. But the angel reassured them Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. I love that. The armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. It's an incredible story. And sometimes, like, like I said, we just read it and we don't stop and put ourselves in that place and, and think through that. Like, what would that be like to receive that message that God himself has come? Emmanuel, God with us. And he stepped out of heaven. He's born in flesh to be with his people. That's the essence of the angel's story. It is the fact that the Messiah, the Savior, yes. And he says, yes, the Lord has been born. He's arrived on the scene. Peter, uh, Eugene Peterson, when he wrote uh, his kind of paraphrase of Scripture called The Message, he wrote it this way. He just said, and God put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I like that, man. God came to be with us. It's what Taylor was talking about earlier during worship, this, this uh, amazing idea that, that God steps out. He steps in um, into our darkness to be with his people. Uh, the message to the shepherds, I think, is especially fitting because Jesus came as the good shepherd. He, he became the lamb of God who would be sacrificed for the sins of all the world. Uh, this is the message that they received. This is, this is the message that changes everything that God has come to earth. But who was the message for? We know the story, the the shepherds are in the field and the angels appear and and deliver a message, but was it just for them? Do you remember who the message was for? It's found in the second part of verse 10. It says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to, say it with me, all people. All people. Don't miss this because this is a critical piece of this. It is uh, good news that will bring great joy to all people, capital A-L-L, all people, this Was always the plan. Can I just say it that way? Uh, We talk to a lot of people who I think uh, through scripture, they just kind of get a little confused. And so I just want to make sure we're clear about this today. This was not a band-aid. This wasn't um, a last-minute plan that that God was slapping together. This was decided in eternity past that this was going to be the plan. Well, what about God's people in the Old Testament? What about, you know, the Israelites? And what about the Jews? Aren't they God's people? Um, Can I just say it this way? God used them all through the Old Testament to display who He was, to to show His love and to display His glory to the world around them. But He knew that the day was going to come when He would send His Son, who was going to come be born in flesh, live a perfect life, die at the cross, rise again, and create in His blood a new covenant that would be for all people. This was always the plan. So today, uh, it's not about... Jew, it's not about Israel. It's about those who say that they believe in Jesus Christ. It's about his church. That's God's people. This was always the plan. And Jesus clearly states this in John 3:16 and 17. He says this, "For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that who everyone who believes in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save what? The world. Save the world through him. This was the plan. It was He desires that all people come to know who he is and to believe in him, to receive him. If you skip down to verse 36, it says this, and anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son, will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry you know, judgment. How many people read that, and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe God would do that, right? But if you read that, that one verse one more time, what you find out very quickly is that God came for everyone. He gave us life. He, he paid for our sins, not just your sins, but the sins of the world, and then he offers it to us, and he... And he He desires that we would accept it. So whether we are with him for eternity or we remain under God's angry judgment, as it says here, that's up to us. That is our decision. Whether we accept this, this Christmas message or whether we reject it. Jesus goes on to sum up his entire reason for coming in Luke chapter 19. He says, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are do you know who he's talking about? Every one of us. He's talking about all people. Everyone. And afterwards, Peter would actually make this point very clear in Second Peter 3.9. He said, the Lord isn't really, uh, really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He wants to give everyone the keys to the house. Repent and believe, repent and believe, repent and believe. Jesus came not just for a select few people. He came for everyone to pay the price of the sins of the world. And then he offers it to each and every one of us. And he desires that we would receive that. Why? Because we are his creation. We are created in his image and he loves us. It says in John three sixteen that we just read that God loved every one of us. He desires that all of us come to saving grace, to know who he is and to receive it. He's written eternity on the hearts of every single person, and through his Holy Spirit, he's drawing us to him. But it's our decision whether we receive it or reject it. See, the birth of Jesus is good news for all people, not just some, not just those in this room, but for all people. The the birth of the Savior, the birth of the Messiah, the Lord, is good news to all people, to everyone. And and so, this was the message that the shepherds received. My question is, what did they do with that message? How did they respond to that message? Uh, Look at verse 15 and 16. It says, When the angels had returned to heaven... The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Uh, Let's just play for a minute, okay? Because I I told you, I want us to to regain some awe and wonder of this story. I I want us just to put ourselves in those sandals this morning, all right? Let's say that we're the shepherds and we're in the field. We're just going about our business. We're doing our daily grind. This is what we do. We just, we shepherd sheep. And it's in the middle of the night, just like any other night. And all of a sudden, the angel appears. What do you do with that? How do you process that? And not only that, uh, we, we know it had to be scary because the angel says, don't be afraid. That's like the first thing he says, right? So you know it's, it's got to be terrifying. It says they were terrified. Don't be afraid. Okay, right? But yet, I'm sure there's still some fear and you're trying to process all of this. And, and then the, the armies of heaven appear with this message and they give you a message. Um, what do you do with that? See, the shepherds, said, let's go. That's what they did. They said, let's go. Now, my question is this. Could they have ignored the message? And the reason I bring this up is because here we are at Christmas time. We've heard the story several times. You guys know, if you've been around church at all, you know the story of Christmas. And yet so often we move through our season and we ignore the message. I'm afraid if some of us had been in that field, we'd have done this. I don't know, man. Did that really just happen? Maybe I dreamed that up. Because that can't be real, right? Maybe we would say, you know what, I I can't. I'm just too busy. I mean, who's gonna watch the sheep, right? We can't go now. Maybe, maybe we'll go later. Maybe that's what we'll do. But see, not the shepherds. I love their response. They, they pulled like a Tom Brady, you know, in that Hertz commercial. Let's go, right? Let's just, let's go. And they just took off and they went. And it, and, and it says that they hurried. Like there was some urgency to it. Let's go find Jesus. They received that message. They accepted it. Now, um, you can also receive that message today. If you've never received Christ before, today's the day to do that. I've told you, you have a God that loves you, that he reached out and he sent his son for you. And I know as I'm speaking that there's somebody in this room that thinks, well, that's great for everybody else, but that's not for me. And I want to tell you, you're wrong. It's for all people, even you. It's for you. Today's your day. How do you receive Christ? It's what we talked about last week. Repent and believe. If you don't know how to do that, talk to the person that invited you or come to talk, you know, talk to one of the pastors. We would love to help you start this journey with Jesus today. Don't let another day go by, but but make it right. Receive this gift. I love what Corey Ten Boone said. She said, if Jesus were born a thousand times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost. Some of you have sat through Christmas messages year after year, and you've never let Jesus be born in your life. Today's the day. Don't let it go by. No. Some of you, I know, have already received that gift. Like, you're sitting here, and you're like, okay, great. That's, I, I love that because we need Jesus, but I've already received Jesus. How is this message for me? Well, the question is, in the text, what did the shepherds do? Did they just receive the message and just go back as things were normal? Did they just get on with their life? Is that what they did? No. Take a look at verse 17 and 18. After seeing him, the shepherds, what? Told who? Everyone. They told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Astonished. Why? Because it is the greatest news ever told. Because it is good news that brings great joy to all people. They didn't just go back to their sheep and go, well, that was fun. Well, I'm glad I know Jesus. No. Not only did they accept it, but they went and they announced it. And this is my challenge for those of you in the room that already know Christ. Because a big part of Christmas time is giving. You know that, right? We get together at Christmas and we give out presents. Some of you, you do this ungodly thing like you give presents on Christmas Eve. I don't understand that. I'll pray for you. But usually you're supposed to on Christmas Day get together and give presents and open up presents. It's all about giving. And, and during this time of the season, our culture, not, not just believers, but everybody seems to be more giving. They're, they're giving of goodwill and of their time and resources. And it's just a big part of it. Well, guess what? This is the greatest gift ever given. doesn't matter what you give somebody in a box. It's never going to compare to the, the gift of who Jesus is. Introducing them to their Savior. When you do that... Not only are you giving them a gift that's going to change this life, but it changes their eternal destination as well. See, the whole story of the Bible is not just how do I get to heaven. The whole story of the Bible, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, is about a God who comes down to be with his people so that we can go and be with him. That's what he wanted from the very beginning. That's what he did through Jesus Christ, and that's what he continues to do today through his Holy Spirit. Is to dwell with his people. But see, he didn't just come for you. He came for all the people around you. Remember, all, capital A-L-L, all people. That coworker that drives you crazy? Yeah, that one. That kid that keeps cutting across your property? Him too. That lady that you just want to strangle? Mother-in-law's? Was, was that too soon? <laughs> like, I, I know we're like a week from Christmas. Maybe they're here with you today. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> Any, anybody, everybody, each and every person, all people, everyone, every person that you come into contact with, God died for them. God sent his son for them. The Bible is about a new creation. It's not, not about getting us off this terrible earth and taking us to heaven. It's more about earth and heaven coming together. How about the work that he wants to do in and through us. God has promised to put everything right in the end. This is his plan for restoration. God wants a relationship with each and every one of, of us of the people around you. He wants a relationship with them. God wants to put things right so that we can partner with him in this restoration project that he is all about. He's restoring people to himself. And you get to play a role in that. Once you accept that gift, it is now our responsibility to go out and announce it, to share it with the people around us. Even the people you don't like Why? Because God loved them and he died for them. It is good news of great joy for all people. See, the shepherds received the news on that first Christmas morning and they didn't hang on to it. They didn't hoard it. They went out and they declared it. And because of that, you and I are here right now. Do you realize that? It was through the word being spread that you and I had, had the great honor of hearing about the gospel and being able to respond to it. And we have that same responsibility to go out and to pass it on. Because they passed it on, we get to sing, joy to the world. Oh, come let us adore him. But yet there's still people around us that need Jesus. It's not done yet. We have work to do. And so I want to encourage you today as we kind of lean into the story to be thinking about who it is that God has laid on your heart. We talk about it in terms of out relationship here at Mountain View Fellowship. We always talk about fostering an out relationship that somebody who doesn't know Christ, they're, they're not in the family of God yet. And yet we desire them to be in the family. And so some of you already know, like you already know who God has laid on your heart to, to preach the gospel to, to foster a relationship in hopes of being able to point them to Jesus someday. And see, here we are at Christmas time. And what we have learned is that at Christmas time, more people are willing to hear this story than ever. And one of the easiest ways that you can share the gospel with somebody is to give them one of those cards sitting on your chairs right now. When you go to somebody and you say, Hey, my church is having a Christmas Eve Eve program. I would love for you to come and join our family. You know over 90% of the time they'll say yes and they want to join you for that? You have a great opportunity to be able to have a Jesus conversation with somebody just by inviting them. But I, I want to challenge you beyond that. I want you to pray about who it is that God has laid on your heart that he desires that you not just accept this gift but you announce it. You go and give it to somebody else. Who is that for you? And so what we're going to do today is we're going to end this service different, completely different. Um, the staff here teases me all the time because they know I'm okay with awkward silences. Like we'll have a conversation at the table and I'll just sit. And, and we're going to do that today. And I'll tell you why. Because we are in this awkward, awkward silence right now. Uh, Jesus came. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, right? He came and he gave his life. He ascended into heaven and said, I'm coming back. There's a second coming. He is coming back someday. You know that, right? So we're between the first coming and the second coming. So we're in this awkward, silent time. And we're waiting for God to come back. And in this moment, uh, we're going to kind of replicate that here right now. And so I'm going to give you time. We're just going to end it unresolved because that's really where we're at in, in the world and everything that's happening right now. It's just kind of unresolved. So we're going to end it unresolved today. And I'm just going to give you time to pray. I'm just going to ask you to stay where you're at. Just pray a little bit. And you're going to pray about either the person that God has laid on your heart, your out relationship. Who is it that you're, you're calling? It's your family, maybe a coworker, a classmate, whatever it is for you, that kid that cuts across the field, whatever it is, right? Um, pray for that person. Now, if you don't know who you're called to reach, that's your prayer. God, would you reveal to me who it is in my life that I need to go out of my way to love and foster relationship so that they might know who you are, that their life might be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so when you establish that, whenever that is, I'm just going to give you plenty of time. And um, we have these plexiglass boards up here on the platform with pens laying around them, Um, I want you to come up and I just want you to write, now listen to me, just write their first name or maybe an initial or something like that, initials. Don't write their name and date of birth and social security number. Okay, don't do that. Um, I want to keep it somewhat veiled, but in this moment, what we're doing is we're declaring, we're committing ourselves to this. that God, I'm going to do everything I can to let this person know about you. And I just want you to write their name on the board. And for a couple of reasons, you're committing to it, but also we're going to be praying over that as well. And so um, spend some time in prayer. Pray for those people in your life that don't know Christ. Pray for, um, if you don't know who that is, then pray that God would reveal that to you. And then when you're ready, come forward and you can put it on the board. Now, if uh, if you need to leave, if you're going to have conversations, if you would just take it out in the lobby and we're just going to create this space in here and let it be kind of quiet and Um, an environment of prayer. Is that a deal? All right, let me close this in a word of prayer and I'll just turn it over to you. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, first of all, that you loved us so much that you came, you stepped out of heaven, you came into this dark place. You lived a perfect life. You gave your life to pay for our sins and Lord, uh, we celebrate that today but Lord, help us not to hoard that. Help us not just to hang on to that but God, create within us a burning desire uh, that it's got to come out Fill us so much of Jesus that when people bump into us that it just spills out. God, would you show us who it is that you're calling us to reach in our lives? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a classmate or a coworker. Just reveal to us who it is that, that is in our area of influence that needs you more than ever. And Lord, help us this Christmas season to go out of our way to announce to proclaim who you are to the world around us. God, we give you this time. We just ask that uh, your Holy Spirit would move and work on our minds and hearts. We pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen.